G'day and welcome to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM, I'm Marius Jigal, and on this show we're examining biblical concepts and ideas and asking ourselves the important question, is it relevant today? Or is it as outdated and ridiculous as imprinting your credit card on carbon paper? We began walking up to the church, as we did every week. Now, the church was placed where the gate used to be, before it was taken up, that is. Not that anyone dared to go near it at the time. We decided to build our church there, and we see the old man walking up. He always preaches about the same thing. Every week, it's about the garden, the garden this and the garden that. But hang on, this week it's someone new, a young guy. And he stands up to preach and says some very strange words, ones you don't hear very often. He says, I have been given a prophecy. Wow, what kind of prophecy is this? And he asked his wife to come and stand next to him and points at her belly and says, My son will be this prophecy. And straight away the whispers begin. He's having a son? He's so young, he's only 65. What's he thinking throwing his life away so soon? I mean, enjoy your life for a while before you get tied down with kids. Look at his dad, he waited till 162. Nevertheless, he says, his son shall be a prophecy. I was looking at the first time prophecy in the Bible. It's found in Genesis chapter 5, verse 21, and it reads, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. Let me read that again. The prophecy says Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. The first time I saw this was about four years ago, and I thought to myself, that doesn't really sound much like a prophecy to me. That is until you look at the meaning of the word Methuselah. Now, I have to say, there's a little bit of disagreement among scholars as to the exact meaning of this word. However, many scholars believe that the word Methuselah means when he dies, judgment. Or, when he dies, it shall come. I believe that Methuselah was a prophecy for the flood, that it was going to come. And if you do the maths, if you add up the date from when he was born to his son and then from his son to Noah, you'll find it adds up to 369 years. And as the flood came in the 600th year of Noah's life, we can work out that the flood came the exact year that Methuselah died. He was a time prophecy as to when the flood would come. And this shouldn't surprise us at all. I mean, we find in Amos chapter 3 verse 7 an interesting verse about the way that God behaves. It says, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless He reveals His secret to His servants the prophets. God doesn't want to spring up surprises on us. He wants us to be prepared, especially in cases where judgment is involved. And even today, God wants us to be prepared for His return. He wants us to be ready. He wants us to know that these things are about to happen. And I know what many of you may be thinking. Many are thinking, well, hang on a second, Marius. Doesn't the Bible say that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night? So, is he coming as a thief, or does he want us to know when he's about to return? We'll find out. Just after this song. A sign shall be given, a virgin will conceive, a human baby bearing undiminished deity. The glory of the nations, a light for all to see, and hope. His warm reality
Is it relevant today? You're listening to Marius Jigal, and we've been looking at the prophecy of Methuselah. And we're asking ourselves, is Jesus going to try to surprise us with his return? As the Bible says, he comes as a thief in the night. Or is there another way to look at this verse? The Bible does tell us that when Jesus returns, it will be as a thief in the night. But I don't believe that that's because God intends it to be this way. I believe that it's going to be as a thief in the night because much of the world doesn't choose to look at the signs of his return. You see, Jesus has given us many signs that are being fulfilled about his return. In a similar way, I believe that just before the flood, God gave the antediluvians numerous signs that judgment was impending. And I believe that one of these signs was Methuselah. I'm sure that from the very day he was born, all eyes would have been on Enoch, as Enoch was the one who gave this prophecy. They would have then talked about it and thinking, well, when he dies, it shall come. But when will he die? I mean, no one had died of natural causes so far. And they're probably thinking, well, Adam is 678 years old. He doesn't look a day over 400. Is he going to live to be a thousand, possibly? Is he going to live to be two thousand? I have no doubt that some would have even thought that there's no reason why one should die. No one had died of natural causes yet. However, as time went on, 243 years later, Adam died. And I'm sure that Enoch would have used this as an opportunity to preach a gospel of repentance and to point to the time prophecy of his son, Methuselah. By this time, I'm sure that he was well established as a prophet, for he walked with God. And I'm sure that everyone there knew as they would have seen an exemplary life in him. And then the unimaginable thing happened 57 years later. Enoch was taken to heaven. The Bible tells us that Enoch walked with God. I like the way that it describes how he was taken to heaven. It simply says, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. I really like that. One day he was there, and the next day he was not. I'm sure that from that day, all eyes would have been on Methuselah. Every time he got sick, the world would be like, Oh no, please take some echinacea. Every time he got a cold, people would be like, Take some vitamin C, Methuselah, have you had some garlic? But as the days went by, Methuselah got older and older. And just before his 850th birthday, God gave another prophecy. But this time to his grandson, Noah. He tells Noah that he will destroy the world with a flood and that he needs to build an ark. I believe that we are living in the days of Noah today. 
You see, just like it was back then, where God gave them warnings of impending judgment, this is exactly what's happening in the world today. Stay with us after these songs and we'll explore this concept further. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you. Change my heart, oh For him, his rage we can endure. 
For lo, his doom is sure One little word shall fail him That word above all earthly powers No thanks to them abided The Spirit and the gifts are ours Through Him who with us sided Let goods and kindred go This mortal life also The body they may God's truth abideth still His kingdom is forever To is it relevant today? Right here on Faith FM. You're listening to Marius Chico, and we're looking at the warnings Jesus gave to the antediluvian world of the coming flood, and investigating whether we're living in similar times today. We've been given many warning signs of Jesus's return, and we see these all around us. We're briefly going to have a look at some of these warnings, but we're not going to spend too much time looking into them. If you'd like a more detailed description, go to our YouTube channel, Is It Relevant Today?, and click on When Will Jesus Return? One of these signs that Jesus tells us about is found in Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 to 8. In these verses, we're given a number of signs. We are told that these signs will increase in frequency and intensity, just like birth pains. In other words, we're meant to expect that at the time of the end, the signs that we are told will increase in frequency and in intensity. The first sign that was given is deception. Now, is there any questions to whether deception is more intense now than it has ever been? All you have to do is look at coronavirus. There are so many ideas as to where it came from. Some say it came from bats. Some people say it came from fish. Some people think the American government did it. Some people think the Chinese government did it. Some people think Bill Gates, others Rothschilds, right? There is so much confusion about what is actually happening. Now, I'm not suggesting that any of these conspiracy theories are true. All I'm stating is that there is so much deception that no one really knows what's going on. Another sign we're told is that people will be claiming to be Christ. Again, in today's world, there are more people claiming to be Christ than ever before, and they're deceiving more people than ever before. In the Philippines, there is a gentleman who has convinced around 8 million people that he is Jesus Christ. Another sign is wars and rumors of wars. Now, these are prevalent in our world today, but one would say, you know, these have been prevalent all the time. The fact is that more people have died in the past hundred years because of wars than in the history of the world combined before that. And then the fourth sign we're given is that there will be an increase in natural disasters and pestilence. This is what we're experiencing today with coronavirus. There's also an unprecedented number of locusts traveling from East Africa towards India and Pakistan, decimating everything in their path. All of the aspects of this prophecy are being fulfilled today, right before our eyes, and our reaction is similar to that of the antediluvian world just before the flood. It was like, yeah, we know these things are happening. They've been happening for a while. Now, there are other signs that are also given in the Bible. Daniel tells us that in the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. This is exactly what we're experiencing in the world today. People are travelling to and fro at an unprecedented rate. Also, knowledge has increased again at an unprecedented rate. 
120 years ago, it had taken 100 years prior to that for knowledge to double. At the moment, knowledge in our world doubles every 13 months. Again, this prophecy is being fulfilled to the letter. And our reaction is, yeah, we know we've heard things like this before. Now stay with us after this song and we'll look at a few other signs of Jesus' return. Is it relevant today? I'm Marius Jigau, and today we're looking at the signs the antediluvian world was given for the flood and comparing what happened then to what is happening right now. We've been given many signs of Jesus' return, and they're being fulfilled right now before our eyes. Another sign that we were given is found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-5. to I read this and wonder, how did Timothy know what our world today will look like? Have a think about it as I read through this passage. He says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good. Rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Are we having that in our world today? Are people loving pleasure more than God? He continues saying, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. 
I think this describes like 99% of the Christian church today. Now, I'm not going to have a look at each one of these aspects, but I wanted to briefly focus on one of them. We're told that in the last day, children will be disobedient to parents. And I wanted to see if there's a way that this can be quantified. So I had a look at a survey done in America, in schools between the 40s and 50s. Teachers looked at the three biggest problems that children were facing during that time. Number three was running in the halls. The third biggest problem that the teachers were dealing with at the time were children running in the halls. The second biggest problem they were dealing with is children having their shirts untucked. And the biggest problem they had in the schools at the time, wait for it, was spitballs. Now, if we fast forward to today, a similar survey was done also in American schools. The third biggest problem that was found, this was around 10 years ago, was drugs. Kids have gone from running in the halls to using drugs in just 60 to 70 years. The second biggest problem they have in American schools today is rape. Children have gone from untucked shirts to raping each other. And the biggest problem that teachers have with students today in America is murder. Children have gone from spitballs to killing each other. Now, I was thinking about the time when this prophecy was written in the first century. Now, I think that children must have been somewhat disobedient even back then. And they slowly became more and more disobedient over time. I think of it kind of like a graph. They were slowly becoming more disobedient. And then you reach close to our time, and the graph just goes shooting through the roof. Again, we read those prophecies and think, Yeah, Marius, we've heard things like this before. Another prophecy that I personally really like is found in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 to 5, where we're told that in the last days, scoffers will come. And we're told that they will deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed. Essentially, what we're told here is that in the last days, people will stop believing that God is the creator. Now, This is exactly what we're experiencing today. And then Jesus tells us that as it was in the days of Noah, so will also be the coming of the Son of Man. Now, how was it in the days of Noah compared to how things are now? We'll find out just after these songs. Mistaken, God 
Like a river flowing down to the sea, like a rushing wind, you flow into me. Like the falling of the snow, like the blood that makes me whole, is the love of God that flows. Into me, like a river flowing down to the sea, like a rushing wind, you flow into me, like the falling of the snow, like the blood that makes me whole. Is the love of God that flows into me, and like a river, you come flooding through the desert of my heart, and like the wind, you come rushing, blowing life through every part, and like the snow, you're falling on me with the blood. You come shining, making darkness run. Just like a river flowing down to the sea, like a rushing wind, you flow into me. Like the falling of the snow. Like the blood that makes me whole is the love of God that flows into me, and like a river you come pouring out your love upon the field, and like the wind you bring the harvest down to take your. The mighty light to calm the storm, just like a river flowing down to the sea, like a rushing wind, you flow into me, like the falling of the snow. Like the blood that makes me whole is the love of God that flows into me. Is the love of God that flows into me. Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM, you're listening to Marius Jigal, and today we've discovered that just before the flood, God gave the antediluvians many warning signs of the impending judgment. We've also found out that right now the signs of Jesus's return are being fulfilled right before our eyes. Jesus said in Matthew chapter twenty-four, verses thirty-eight and thirty-nine, he says that from the days before the flood. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. I look back to what happened just before the flood, and I think of the signs that people had. Methuselah is getting old in age. Noah had been preaching the judgment to come. The ark had been completed. And then, in one last effort for God to wake up the people of that world, the animals start trickling into the ark. And I'm sure that the people would have looked around and thought, "These are strange times." One of the founders of the Adventist Church, Ellen White, writes that many first appeared to receive the warning, yet they did not turn to God with true repentance. She tells us that people believed that this judgment was impending. And they looked around 
and saw the signs, but well, something happened. This is what we are experiencing in the world today. I remember when I first heard about coronavirus, and my thoughts went directly to end time prophecies, as I'm sure many of your thoughts went as well. As the restrictions were being placed and travel overseas was no longer allowed, many people thought these are strange times, and they would have thought about the signs of Jesus's return. But as time passed, we've kind of gotten used to it. Nothing is really different anymore. We're used to social distancing. We're used to staying at home unless we need to go out. We've gotten used to it. Much like the antediluvian world, just before the flood came, and took them all away. Now, why did this happen? Many of them believed that the flood was coming. Many of them believed that the judgment was about to happen. Why? Why didn't they get into the ark? The reason they didn't get into the ark was because they were unwilling to renounce their sins. During the time lapse before the coming flood, their faith was tested, and they failed to endure the trial. And the reason they failed to endure the trial was because they were unwilling to renounce their sins. I wanted to ask you today: Is there something that's holding you back from being fully prepared for Jesus's return? You see, the problem that the Christian Church has is not that it's unenlightened. It's not that it doesn't know about the signs of Jesus's return. I'm sure that many of us know about the signs which I just shared, and to you they've just been revision. We've heard them before. It's not that we don't know what's going to happen. It's not even that we are willfully ignorant. The problem we're facing today is insistent, deliberate rebellion against God. We're just unwilling to renounce our sins. We know that these things were about to happen. We see the signs all around us, and we somehow thinking in our mind that we will get ready at one point. I'm sure the antediluvians thought the same thing. However, we continue to persist in a willful rebellion against God. We think, yes. I know we should forgive, but I just can't let go of what they did to me. They don't deserve forgiveness, and you know what? You're probably right. They probably don't deserve forgiveness, much like you don't deserve forgiveness from God either. But we choose to hold on to this bitterness instead of becoming prepared for Jesus's return. Some of us struggle in the family. The relationship we have with our partner is not one. That reflects a godly relationship, and we look at our children. They've often left the church, and we wonder why. Why, Lord? Why did they leave the church? We only have to look at our relationship with our spouse. The children see this as the product of our Christian beliefs. If you believing in God has led to this kind of defective relationship, then why would I want to have anything to do with your God and your church? And they leave the church, and we know we should fix these broken relationships, but we just don't want to let go of the bitterness. We are willfully rebellious against God. Others of us are struggling, watching things that we know that Christians shouldn't watch. We watch things filled with violence and sex scenes, things that we know are not fit for Christian consumption, but we are. Unwilling to renounce our sins, unwilling to give these things up and prepare for Jesus's return. Now, I wanted to ask you today: Is there something that's holding you back from being prepared for Jesus's return? Are there sins that are holding you down? Jesus is coming very soon. What we're experiencing today is the proverbial animals. Walking onto the ark, and the world is thinking to itself, "These are strange times. We need to have our bags packed and ready to get on that ark. We need to be ready to go." I wanted to ask you to make a decision today. If the Spirit has been touching your heart and saying, "There's this thing that you're holding back," let it go. Let it go and come be prepared. 
for my return. As we close in prayer, if you've heard God's voice speaking to your heart today, I want to invite you to make a decision to renounce the things that are holding you back from being prepared for His return. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the signs that you are giving us. We know that you want us to be prepared for your return. We know that there are also some things that are holding us back. Lord, we want to give you these things. We want to invite you into our hearts and help us to overcome these things that we may be prepared for your soon return. We're looking forward to the day when we can see you face to face. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening today and don't forget to visit our YouTube channel called Is It Relevant Today? where we have video presentations on many topics including signs of Jesus' return and the one we've just been talking about today called Repeating History. We look forward to seeing you next week. I'm Marius Jigal. God bless and I hope you have a magnificent day. Jesus, I surrender all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily.
surrender listening to is it relevant today if you have any questions or comments please leave them on our facebook page is it relevant today but for now thanks for listening and we look forward to seeing you next week i love to tell the story twill be my theme in glory to tell the old old story Of Jesus and His love